Welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your two usual hosts here. We've got Tom Mannering. Hello. And myself, Josh Hartley. How are, how are we doing this week, Tom? I'm good. I'm doing good. Thank you very much. It's been a busy week. Uh, busy, busy. Lots going on. We've got things to talk about this week. Yes. Is, uh, we always have things. We always dredge something up to talk about. So there's but... a difference between us having things to talk about and us making things to talk about. Right? And that's... <laughs> That's kind of, and, and maybe you have a preference for one kind of episode over the other, uh, but today we have things to talk about. And you, dear listener, you now have the game going forward of figuring out what which episodes <laughs> are which. <laughs> so let us know in the comments below. Um, but yeah, we've got we we got news. We've got. Um, do you, should we go? Should we go first? You want to go with Tabletop Scotland first? Let's just dive right in there. Just diving in. I know, no mercy. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Tabletop Scotland. So we got an announcement today from Tabletop Scotland. Uh, for those of you who don't have uh, them on social media, uh, I will let you know that Tabletop Scotland 2022. Uh, the tickets are going on sale on the 31st of March at 8pm BST. Uh, so if you are interested in Tabletop Scotland, which you should be because it's great, mm-hmm. uh, you could get your tickets from the 31st of March at 8pm BST. Uh, and that is, at, they're going to be at the, I'm going to hope I say this right, is it Dewars? Dewars? Dewars. Dewars. <laughs> yes, I did say it right. The, uh, the, the Dewars Centre? Dewars? The Dewars? <laughs> uh, that'll be, be at that centre um, in, uh, in Perth. <laughs> yes, uh, up on the bank holiday August. The 27th uh, and the 28th of August, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've, uh, we're, we're looking forward to that. I think that's going to be my first con uh, back uh, after obviously. could be mine as well. Could be mine. I might go to. I'm, I'm I'm on the fence about UK Games Expo this year. Yeah, but um, I'm definitely going to Tabletop Scotland because we're going to be doing things at Tabletop Scotland as well. We so are. you yeah. get to see our see our wonderful faces and hear our dulcet tones in person as well. It's it's. I really like Tabletop Scotland for a number of reasons. The, the first of which is that it's very close by. Uh, yes. <laughs> like convenience has a lot of, of accountability, but it's it's really nice because it obviously it is in Scotland, so it's it's kind of it's got as much of a kind of local community as it has you know kind of extended reach as well, mm-hmm. um, which is really nice. So I'm and obviously I've only been to one uh, previously, uh, but I'm really looking forward to it uh, this year. Uh, and I know we've spoke to, to Dave about it a little bit already as well yeah well no doubt have dave or one of the other um one of the other uh, chaps in charge of uh, tabletop scotland on the uh, on the podcast before before the big event itself i like what you said though it's um it's a nice size for a convention um i love the huge ones like uk games expo but i'll say this they are knackering you need a you need a break after yeah it's one of those I, I am not... Uh, it's weird. I didn't really know this about myself, uh, but it, it makes a lot of sense. I'm not a big crowd person. Uh, like, 
it's not an anxiety thing or anything like that. I just don't like it. Um, yeah. And like I, I've never liked like music festivals and and things like that. And and I always just thought it was because I'm not really a big fan of live music. Sorry, Josh. Uh, but but. I think it's I just don't really like like really big events like I don't like kind of being jostled and, and pushed around mm-hmm. and I know when myself you and Ben went to uh, UK Games Expo a few years back like I was getting really kind of really kind of frustrated with just you know you're trying to look at something and like there's people kind of nudging you to the side yeah. and you're like can you can you not and I know it's not necessarily their fault because there's a limit on space and things mm-hmm. um, but I found it at Tabletop Scotland when we went you know I was I could walk around comfortably. I could look at stuff. You know, I could. You got time to like talk to the exhibitors as well without kind of being rushed, or without them being rushed more than anything else because they're mm-hmm. they're so busy. You know, I think there's like a there's like a, a a golden point of busyness where you know there's enough people there that it feels good, it feels exciting. You've got the energy, but it's not kind of cross that cross that threshold to where you lose that that community almost. And I didn't feel. I didn't feel a community at UK Games Expo. It felt like, you know, an event. A huge convention. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas at Tabletop Scotland, I felt a lot more of that sort of uh, community. And, and that's kind of what I like. That's what we had at like PaizoCon UK mm-hmm. when I used to do that as well. Um, and I, I just enjoy that more for me personally. That's more what the, the hobby's about than being jostled in a big, big crowd. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. So anyway, we'll post the link for Tabletop Scotland in the show notes below so that you can keep a BDI on the website and uh, hop on the, get on those tickets when they launch. Uh, righto, so um, what have we got next on the docket? Um, should, we talk, should we talk Betrayal at the House on the Hill? Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Avalon Hill have announced that they are doing a third edition of uh, Betrayal. It's going to be coming out relatively soon, actually. The European launch is the 1st of April. Okay. So it's uh, it's going to be out quick. So Yeah. So a third edition of uh, the classic game, horror-based game. Um, what does the new edition bring? Well, we're getting... <laughs> to set the bar low, we are getting improved miniatures. Uh, <laughs> if anyone has played Betrayal at the House on the Hill... They'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but we're also getting some new scenarios uh, for the game as well. But I think largely, apart from a bit of an aesthetic update, largely unchanged. So I think this is a, a, a good shout, to be honest. So we've we've played Betrayal at uh, our House on the Hill, which I'm just going to refer to as Betrayal from this mm-hmm. point onwards. Uh, why are you pointing upwards? Look at what I'm pointing at. Oh, you have it above you. Okay. You're pointing have, at, right, so... you're, you're right. Okay, just to contextualise this, you are pointing <laughs> at the leave button like you want me to get out of the conversation. <laughs> well, it's the leave button's not on my side of the... Right, anyway, to explain to our listeners for our audio-only podcast what... Because I didn't think Tom was actually going to bring this up. But anyway, I, I was, I've was i got uh, my board game shelf behind me. And I have Betrayal at the House on the Hill 2nd Edition you on did. there. So I was pointing at it. Okay. You know. And just to contextualise, from my point of view, what I could see was Josh pointing at the leave button on Squadcast like he doesn't want me to be here anymore. Uh, and he just wants to do, wow. this, do this solo. Uh, yeah. I'm very fragile, Josh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... Please stay. 
Come on, we, carry we on. We have played... Uh, let's just be professional. We have played Betrayal uh, many times before. You have mm-hmm. the second edition. Uh, and um, we've actually played it on Twitch. I think uh, myself, you... We did! Ben the Halloween! Uh, yeah. Way back when. Way back in the day. Uh, I don't think that's, a, that's not available anymore, but you might find it on YouTube. Yeah, um, I think it might be on YouTube. Yeah. I'm going to have a dig. Yeah. But we... Um, We've played it a few times. I love it. Like it's 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 a game that like I have a weird relationship with and, and it's funny because I like the gameplay but it always felt a little cheap to me, like as a game. Like the the minis were never very good quality. Um if you remember like the you've got little character cards and you have like mm-hmm. the pins that you put on their stats. Yes. But they never like actually sit on, they just like you put them on and they fall off. So you yes. kind of have to like precariously balance them, kind of thing, to to get them. So I'm really hoping that this edition kind of brings a, a degree of uh, production value to the game. Uh, mm. New content I could take or leave, to be honest. Like I, I, there's so much to betrayal that unless you play it all the time, you're probably not going to see the same content twice. And if you are, it's going to be so far removed from when you last saw it. You probably mm-hmm. won't remember it. And then you'll have different people playing the roles and stuff like that. It's, there's so much about it, you know, so many moving parts that can change. But at its foundation, it's actually quite a simple game yeah. as well. Um, so I'm, I'm quite looking forward to a, a new edition. Um, it's it's one that I've always kind of been on the cusp of picking up. Uh, so now's, it, your, now's a good excuse. might be the one that pushes me over, uh, mm-hmm. over the edge and, and I'll pick it up at, at long last. Because uh, I, I love, like, horror games in general like any kind of my favorite kind of game types aside from marvel based games are any kind of like mystery game uh you know whodunit style game Mm. uh secret traitor stuff which betrayal has in spades uh and narrative so it it Mm -hmm. really kind of combines a lot of the things that i like um but it's just never quite grabbed me because it's never felt fully realized you know it's never felt quite as polished yeah like. I, 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 going back to something you said earlier i do get what you're talking about with how it felt a bit cheap because mm. yeah I, I do agree with you that being said i own the second edition i don't feel compelled to go out and go buy the third edition mm-hmm. like i i i this this is this is just fine for me um yeah I think if I was like absolutely, if it was like absolutely like my one of my top games of all time, yes, I would be buying it. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with the little rubbery miniatures. Uh, so they'll do. The thing is, right? Like, not all games are created equal, and and this is something you've got to bear in mind. You know that the, the, there are different budget constraints behind games, different companies involved in them. You know, different investments they can put into it, and I, I 100% get that. And you know that I imagine betrayal in its earlier years probably hasn't had the budget or the expertise i'm not sure what element it is well never mind either of those two they expect i can't mind when the second edition was published i think it's i'm gonna say mid to late noughties Mm. right so we're talking potentially like 15 years ago Mm. the expectation wasn't there that you would have beautiful miniatures and really high quality components. Yeah. Gamers never really... It was great when it happened, 
But there weren't, re no one was really that bothered. No one was going on to forums and just saying, these miniatures are a piece of trash. Mm. Like, um, back then. It's yeah. only in recent years where, where there's so many different games now on the market, and that's a big way that they differentiate themselves, um, is like the quality of the components. So I, I, I put it mostly down to that. It's not that they didn't have the money or the expertise. It's just that it, it wasn't a demand. I'm right in thinking Betrayal had a legacy version, didn't it, as well? It did. Back. It did. Uh, me, Ben, and Charlotte played a few sessions of the legacy version because they got it one year at Christmas. So uh, we, we played a few sessions of that. We never finished it, though, um, which is a shame. It uh, The legacy version was... It was interesting. I don't know if it was the best game to to legacy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We went we went through a period about three years ago, four years ago, where we were just turning every single like remotely successful game into a legacy version of it. Yeah. And some like Pandemic, I absolutely love Pandemic Legacy. I think that's the kind of game that works really well for that format. Uh, Betrayal, it just kind of like felt like playing several games of Betrayal after each other, and I just happened to have the same named character. Yeah, I think it's a like. It's a weird one, is is legacy format games because it's such an investment of mm. of time. So you you're taking a game like Betrayal, which is is largely you know pick up and play and then put away again, and that's that's it. You know you have a uh, a contained experience, and I realise we get slightly off topic, but bear with me. That's fine. Uh, yeah, and you you make it into this commitment, you know, where you have to play. X number of games to really get the full you know you can have a good game and you can have an experience within that it's like watching an episode of a show you know you can mm -hmm. enjoy it and you can take something from it but you're not getting as much as you would get from watching the whole season or watching the whole series you're getting kind of a a, a, part, a portion you know a small parcel of it um, I'm not it's weird because I really like narrative form games and I like conceptually i like legacy stuff but then i know from experience it's so hard to actually get the full experience from it so it kind of turns me off so like i've got a good example of this is i've got like blackstone fortress and and warhammer curse city which we were talking about mm -hmm. before the episode i barely played them you know i've i've yeah. had a couple of games and i'll maybe get like a couple of friends over and we'll play a game and then i'm like cool the next time i play this it's a completely different group and i'm like so do i start again do I continue kind of the story as we've done it? Like, you know, like, how do I do that? You know, is that... See, I wonder if the way to do those type of games is actually just to set aside a whole weekend and just blitz through them. But then that's quite... That's a big that's investment a big in investment. time as well. Yeah. You know, like, that's, that's, that's difficult for a bunch of people in their 30s to achieve. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> like, you know these games and there's nothing wrong with it but these games need like a dedicated game night you know you need to have okay tuesday night we're all going to sit down and that's betrayal night or mm. pandemic night or cursed city night or whatever and you know you all get together and you progress through it that way um and there's there's something to be said for doing that um but if you are uh blessed and or cursed as i am where you have so many hobbies that require you to kind of invest your time already adding another investment on that where you take a game that you kind of just want to play casually 
yeah and and put it into like a a campaign format becomes a it becomes a bit more legwork and it becomes a lot more challenging yeah i i suppose it's like what what do you want to get out of gaming right and certainly for me when i'm playing when i'm playing board games like pandemic like betrayal at the house on the hill and the like um i tend to approach them a lot more casually than i would say warhammer or dungeons and dragons yeah. or magic the gathering right so uh you, legacy format games are probably just not for me yeah in general but um similarly to you i get it i like the I, I like that it exists yeah you know so for those people who really love them they they can go for it i almost feel like if i if i wasn't into something like dungeons and Dragons or just role-playing games in general if i wasn't into that i'd probably be really into these games yeah because i think i think that sort of long-form narrative gaming that itch is already being scratched yeah by other things that i do yeah i i get you um so yeah that's uh after a slight detour, uh, that's Betrayal uh, Edition 3, so that's quite good. Well, we, we, we can segue quite neatly into role-playing games, because we've both been doing a bit of RPGing. We have. As we, as we are wont to do. Yes. Um, both both set in the Star Wars universe as well, so... <laughs> yeah, I've had it like... I've had a really heavy Star Wars week, uh, just... And, and that's not, not a bad, a bad thing. thing. No. Not a uh, bad thing. So... I've run a game fortnightly for, for Josh and Co. Uh, That's the name of our adventuring group. It's, it's called Josh and Co. <laughs> I was going to say it sounds like a like budget, you know, like a knockoff Disney movie. Like you No, know, I, I had in my head uh, a British sitcom a la Open All Hours. Okay, okay. Josh and Co. It's, it's my name, the name of my lame corner shop. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we we have our uh, fancy flight games uh, Age of Rebellion uh, campaign, and we played that mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Do you want to uh, do you want to extrapolate on that? Yeah, so we're picking up uh, where we left off. Uh, we we had a little bit of a false restart to this campaign. We 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 put it on ice for a little bit while we finished our Pathfinder arc, so that we could just concentrate on one system. And then uh, life got in the way significantly during January and most of February. And uh, the first session, we were besat by uh, technical issues because we're doing all of this online, of course. So I kind of think like this week was the first proper session back into it. So we are currently stationed on a rebel base on this swamp planet of, um, is it Jagathar? Jagamir. Jagami, I beg your pardon. Embarrassed myself there. Um, we're, we're stationed on this swamp planet of Jagamir. And uh, within, there's a rumour within this rebel base that there's someone, there's a spy for the Imperial, uh, the, uh, the 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 Empire. Sorry, getting my, getting my IP mixed up there. Um, <laughs> Get your oppressive... Uh... Yeah, Impressive. My, my, I'm getting muddled up with my analogues for yeah. fascism. Sorry, <laughs> like, that's the word I'm looking for. Fascist regime. That was the word. Yeah. Um, so, so we have been doing some investigation uh, work, like chatting to some people, trying to snoop around, trying to figure out who this, who this spy could be. And uh, there's one. There's a particular um, character who was a, a, a diplomat. Um, for the rebellion, who looked, 
He looked a little suspicious. He looked a little sus because he was complaining that it, he, he's struggling to get outside communications and all of this. So, so we decided to. The plan was Scott's character was going to chat to him and distract him and get him away from his quarters so that me and Ryan could break into his quarters and have a look over his computer stuff and see what he's been up to. Um, so Tom and his wisdom decided to play out the conversation with, uh, with this character with Scott first, right? So they're, they're conversing in get in real time. It wasn't that long, but I think in game, it was something like half an hour or yeah. something like that. They were having a proper, you know, a proper chat. And the long and the short of it is he revealed to, to Scott that he, you know, he'd suffered at the hands of the Empire and he was he's really supportive of the the Rebel Alliance and, you know, he really just wants to do the right thing and all of that. And oh, don't, don't forget his parents were killed by stormtroopers. Parents well. were killed by stormtroopers, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Scott doing a sort of perception check and doing well in that, realised, oh yeah, this guy's telling the truth. Meanwhile, Ryan and I are listening to this conversation and we're just going... Oh man, I'm gonna feel really guilty about breaking into this guy's room now. <laughs> but uh, you know, like good role players, we did it because we didn't know that was happening, mm-hmm. and it wasn't entirely fruitless because I managed to, by accessing his computer, we could see that uh, someone was declining all of his uh, communication requests, and it was the same person, even though they weren't putting their name to it. So we think we've got a new suspect, basically, that we are going to follow up on. However, in a nice bit of um, deus ex machina is the the wrong phrase for it, but uh, serendipitously, we've just been assigned a new mission. And that's to go away for a couple of days and investigate what we suspect is a Sith ruin. Um, Bear in mind, in universe, in character... None of us really know who the Sith are. So all of us players know they're super evil, but we don't know who the Sith are. Apart from apart from an NPC, uh, Professor Shur Sungazer, who's just been kicking around with us for ages. I'm curious if you designed him to be a permanent member of our group or if that... Comp- Tom shakes his head, complete accident. No, it was, um, uh, it was a total accident, so... Much like many of the campaigns I've run, these are just modules that I've kind of loosely strung together. Um, and a sure sun gazer appeared in one that you did previously. You you were at a, a university, and uh, Ewan's character, uh, who's a kind of uh, a wannabe Jedi, uh, you know, he's, he's sort of force sensitive and he's curious about uh, the Jedi Order and things. Got to mm-hmm. talking with him, and you kind of. From from what I recall, you kind of incriminated Ashur with your your own actions, uh, and you sort Maybe. of you kind of had to abscond when you all absconded from this university and you stole a few of the artifacts, uh, like the hologram. Borrowed, uh, borrowed. Ashur basically said, "Well, you know, my job was kind of to look after that hologram, and you're stealing it, so uh, I don't really want to stay on a an empire controlled planet uh, with." with you know my name in tatters so and he kind of wanted to i think in the in the module is written i don't think he kind of comes with the party i don't think that's kind of the intention but 
you guys kind of warmed up to him uh, and it, it made sense narratively for him to, to come along um, because he was sort of helping Ewan with his, his learnings about the Jedi and things and he's really mm. interested in the, the Force and things as well himself as a scholar. Uh, so he's just kind of become... Uh, he's got an interesting mix of sort of... He's this serious kind of scholarly fellow that, that supports the party with some intelligence and, and some uh, academic knowledge. And then he's kind of got a, a side gig as kind of a, a bit of a, a comical uh, turn as a because you sent him out to find the spy, basically. Uh, well, we were going to be away, so we, we didn't want like it going cold. You just dispatched <laughs> a, a very uh, sheltered bookworm. To uh, to socialise with Imperial uh, Imper- you know Rebellion it, soldiers, it'll have done wonders for him. You know, it'll have it'll have been a great experience for him. I did enjoy. We had a scene uh, where you you went to find him, and I did enjoy a wee a wee role play a bit with him trying to to befriend mm. a rebel soldier as you guys approached, and it was just this super awkward sort of very tense dialogue between him and a, <laughs> him and a soldier as he's, he's doing the kind of hello fellow kids routine yes. to befriend this guy. Did you not think, and I'm maybe going to, this is maybe a little bit of a spoiler, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Does it not perhaps seem coincidental to you that as the trail is warming up, you suddenly get sent a new mission? Not at all, and in fact, I think that's that was part of the motivation behind Ryan wanting to bring it up. Yeah, because like so, Ryan's character Cal brought up in this meeting after we had been given our mission briefing that we suspect that there's a an an um, an a spy for the Empire within the uh, within the base, but uh, and may, I think this was a bit of a miscommunication between the players. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think we had enough evidence to go out and accuse someone, mm. so I didn't want to say anything. Um, so, so that was a bit awkward, but we managed to muddle through that little dialogue. No, that, as I, well. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a really fun role play scene because you you kind of had uh, Ryan's character as a soldier. Uh, you know, he's, he's ex rebellion himself, and he's kind of rejoined, and he's he's still finding his foot in a bit with it. Uh, and you had a really interesting scene where he was trying to sort of leak out a bit of kind of a hint that there's maybe a, a spy in the midst because mm. the scene the, the, at that point in time the senior element don't really know uh, about this suspicion. You guys were kind of tipped off by a bartender, um, mm. and you know because he's not very socially apt as a character, they've kind of started to understand. You know, he's not giving them the full story. So you then kind of got a little bit of a grilling uh, by the the rebel command uh, element to to find out what was going on, and you guys had to sort of backpedal a little bit. Uh, and it was a fun little role play scene. It was, yeah, it was. So I felt bad for Ryan though. <laughs> I, I, I felt bad for Ryan, but he, he handled it really well. Yeah. So I have uh, I have another Star Wars story um, mm. from a game the following night. So I'm playing in a Star Wars game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Wednesday nights with a, a largely different group. Ryan's in that group as well, uh, but mostly different. And uh, I'm playing a different system. We're playing Saga Edition, which is kind of a, a spiritual successor to the D20 Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and 
I'm playing a they're called Squibs and they're kind of fox people. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you we were talking about him yes. uh, last week. We with don't, his don't discuss issues issues with his uh, with his inter, uh, with using intercoms. Yes, <laughs> uh, and he's a pilot, uh, mm-hmm. and he's he's got a gambling problem. He's got a gambling addiction. Uh, oh right, wow! And so we've been. Wait, <laughs> are you playing the foxy bingo guy? Who? Have you not seen the ad? Have you never seen an advert for Foxy Bingo? This like, this anthropomorphic fox no. that is a bit camp and like talks about bingo. Okay. <laughs> I didn't dream this. This is a thing. This is real. Okay, no, I you made not... the Foxy Bingo guy. Okay, I don't watch normal TV, so I don't really see adverts for Foxy Bingo. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> he's he's got a gambling problem, right? So we need to find out. We're trying to find someone. We're on this like. Sort of scummy planet mm. called Taris, and we're trying to find out about uh, a guy who we're it's, it's quite long, so I'll try and shorten it as, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. We are trying to find a guy who might know where another guy we're looking for is, <laughs> and need to find a guy to find another guy. Yeah. Got uh, it, got it. So we hear that the guy we're looking for was involved with this swoop gang. Uh, now, swoop gangs are basically the equivalent of Star Wars biker gangs. But mm-hmm. rather than riding motorbikes, they ride uh, speed bikes, speeder bikes. Yeah. Oh, they're called swoop bikes. And mm-hmm. I know, as Tom, I'm like, well, swoop gangs tend to engage in swoop races, which are like pod races, but with bikes. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I've got an idea to get the information that we need from these swoop gangers. What we'll do is we'll go up to them and we'll off- we'll make a bet with them, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a lot of guns that we stole from... Uh, some soldiers that we we fought in an earlier session so mm-hmm. we'll offer them the guns uh, you know that'll be our wager in exchange for the information as their wager and then mm-hmm. i kind of warmed it up for myself and one of their swoop bikes because i wanted a bike so sure. we went up and we we basically talked to these uh these gangers and they accepted our wager uh and sort of pan to the next scene is my guy on a swoop bike racing against one of these other swoop bike guys, sort of mm-hmm. going around this course. So I'd found out before the race that they'd sabotaged mm-hmm. the bike they were lending me, and it had a grenade in it. So I'd taken the grenade out, unhooked all the uh, the explosive element that was going to set it off, and but kept it in the bike so that mm-hmm. you know they didn't know I'd removed it. And we're going around this course, and like the guy that I'm racing against kind of falls behind me for a minute. So I'm like, right, I'm going to throw the grenade out and make it like it's kind of fallen out and try and like mm. knock him off course and that. Um, and that didn't go to plan. And I'm like, okay, this isn't going great. And it turns out this guy's actually a really good swoop racer. Mm-hmm. So as much as I'm good at it, I'm, I'm kind of struggling a little bit. And I kind of, for the first two laps, I'm just ahead of him. But then on the third lap, he kind of starts to pull in front of me because my skill rolls start to go against mm. me. And my guy like doesn't want to lose this race because he doesn't want to like lose face as the pilot in front of his allies, sure. and he doesn't want to lose another bet because he in the the session before that he lost all his money in a in a casino. So I'm like, right, I've got to kind of pull this out of the bag, and I'm like, right, I'll take out my pistol and I'm gonna like wing his uh, swoop bike to maybe like you know send him kind of reeling a bit and and kind of lose a bit of control so I can get ahead of him. <laughs> so I pull out the. Pull out the blaster pistol. There's a critical hit coming. And well, There's a critical hit coming, isn't there? Kind of. So I, I pull out the blaster pistol and I take the shot and I'm like, is that going to do anything? 
because uh, I rolled like pretty averagely, and the GM's like, "You don't think so?" But mm. this system has something called destiny points. You have right. you have one destiny point per level. That's it. And we're level mm. one, so I have one. And you can spend your dis- destiny point to automatically critical. And I'm like sitting there. And I'm like, my choice is lose mm-hmm. or critical this guy's bike. And I'm like, it's a blaster pistol. I think the bike might be able to take it. Yeah. So I'm like, I critical. So I, I use my destiny point and I critical. Mm-hmm. And every, everyone's like gone really tense now because this has gone from a race to a shootout. Uh, yeah. So I critical him and we roll the damage. And the GM like consults uh, the, the rules and he's like, his bike is wrecked and he is going at max speed. So this guy just like... Oh no! So he rolls damage for the guy. The guy just gets smeared across the race course. So I like pull up. But the problem is my guy's really optimistic and he's really happy and stuff. So he jumps up and he's like, I won! I won the race! Like he's just celebrating, ignoring the fact that there's roadkill rolling up behind him. Uh, and like we look round and all the swoop bikers are like kind of pulling knives and stuff. But one mm. of them pulls a gun and I, and the GM's like, roll initiative. So I'm like, okay... So we roll initiative and I go first. Mm-hmm. So I see, so there's, I think there's four of the swoop bikers and I see, you know, three of them pull knives. One of them pulls a gun. So I like jump behind my swoop bike, pull out, well, I've still got my pistol from, from killing that guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'll shoot the guy who's got, who's pulling a gun. I natural 20 him. Nice. I tap him in the head. And I'm like, nice. I'm, oh I'm a killing God. machine. Stone, stone cold killer. <laughs> just like, Killed, killed the Stone guy leader cold. on the racetrack. Killed his second in command as soon as I pulled up, and everyone's just like, "This escalated really quickly." Like, this, wow, this was supposed to be a race. So that was fun. I have, I have a question about the plan. Okay, okay. So I want to just, just recap what the plan was. You had. A bunch of guns and ammunition yep. that you had requisitioned from some soldiers that you'd fought. Correct. They had information that you were looking for. Yes. And your plan was to use them as wages in a, uh, a with a gamble on racing. Yes. Right? Was there a reason why they wouldn't do just a straight trade? I'm a gambling addict. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, there we go. So, so, so. <laughs> So he's approached a problem and gone. How can I solve I can, I this? Can be, I, how can how can I gamble? Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's seen right. a an opportunity to gamble and b an opportunity to to showboat, right? And and get mm. on one of these swoop bikes, which he's really excited about because he's from like uh, the squibs are from quite a kind of isolated planet, and they've not had mm. that at this point in in time they've not had that much contact with the the galaxy as a whole. So he's fascinated by. By all these kinds so of things. I'm yet to see any in uh, any of the films, right? Well, they are they're an expanded universe, um, mm. so you wouldn't see them in the. Well, you might they, they might put them in now, um, mm. but I don't think they've ever been featured uh, in any kind of like media outside of comics and books. Uh, they're Let's get them on that. They're weird. Get, to be fair. get 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 the Jim Henson uh, puppet studio to to make us some squibs for Star Wars. I want to see that. We were it's funny actually. We were talking about like how if our if our game was a show, how would it be produced? And they were initially kind of discussing who'd be cast as like each mm. character and stuff. And 
uh, all that lot, and they were talking about my character, and they were like, oh yeah, you'd be like a Jim Henson puppet, and I was yeah. like, it's 2022, I'd be CGI, like, I'd be most of the budget at this point in time. I kind of, I, I kind of, I'd, I'd prefer puppetry, but well, I think nowadays they use a combination of the two. I think they use the puppet as kind of a, where possible, they will use puppets as foundation, and then they will mm-hmm. kind of enhance them with CGI. You know, I think that's what they do for like Grogu, Stroke Baby Yoda, um, and stuff like that. And like Rocket, Rocket Raccoon is probably like the yeah closest analog to the creature you're playing. Although I, I imagine your creature probably stands a bit taller than he does. A little bit. I get a lot of comparisons to Rocket, though, funnily enough, uh, in-game. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's not... The, the concept from mine and Ryan's character started as Han and Chewie and sort of morphed mm-hmm. into Rocket and Groot. Uh, nice. So he's not that dissimilar, to be fair. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was really uh, a really fun game last night. Was it last night? Yeah, last night mm-hmm. uh, of Star Wars. And it, it, it was just a, a riot, you know, just... I love it when... As a, as a player and a GM, I love it when you have this plan... And I actually said this in game. I was like, I've got two thirds of the plan. I know how like the start and the middle go. I'm just not sure about the end. <laughs> yeah, I, that that happens a lot in RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun though. It's, that's that's half the fun. It is, and that's where you so. get you know the fun stories like that. So that was really mm. good. Yeah. So before we uh, wrap up and bring another episode to a close, it's just, uh, as usual, a little reminder about our Patreon as well. So you'll find the link for such in the show notes below. Uh, You can donate as little as £1 or $1. And as always, we are very grateful for everyone who uh, continues to show their support through that. Thank you. Yes. And on that note... I think that is all we've got time for. So, as always, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye. Thank you.